Michael Lombardo here. Let me tell you about this amazing online store called The Hope Filled Journey that you'll definitely want to go ahead and check out today. Michelle and Renee Torres started up their online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like you guys know, full-time jobs, raising four children, but they stepped out in faith in God, and He is honoring them every step of the way. If you go to hopefilledjourney.com, this is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. And their goal really is to inspire faith through their product line, as well as high quality in all they do and produce, which is very important. So go ahead and check them out today at thehopefilledjourney.com, and you can get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you can get $20 off of your purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to thehopefilledjourney.com and make sure to capitalize on this promotion of getting $10 off when you spend $5 or more and then $20 off of your purchase when you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. Hello everyone, my name is Michael Lombardo. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. For those of you who are new to the show, we have a new episode every Monday and Thursday streaming through charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. For those of you who are you know, faithful and listening to the show every single week, thank you so much. Also for sharing the, you know, spreading the word to family and friends so we can get this out to more people. That is a blessing for subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that stuff helps get this out to more people. So thank you guys for that. And we are in part two now of our series dealing with hardship. And just to kind of, um, Go back to part one. For those of you who didn't listen to part one, you can go ahead a few episodes before and listen to part one. But I'm going through John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus, Mary and Martha and how Lazarus died and they experienced a resurrection life. And so, you know, all of us at one point or another, whether believer or unbeliever, you know, deals with hardship. And just this story in general shows us that you could love God, serve God with everything because Mary, Martha and Lazarus love the Lord, you know, deeply and they served him. And, and they cared about him and they lived their lives wholeheartedly for him. But still, you know, there was there was pain and there was circumstances that came up in their lives. There was suffering that they underwent. And, you know, just because you are serving the Lord and loving him doesn't mean, you know, none of us are immune to having things happen to us. And so but as believers, we have a different posture of heart. We're not logical hundred percent. We we believe that even though we don't see results, that there is a God of miracles behind the scenes that is invisible, invincible, that can touch and transform circumstances. And so, you know, it's hard though, especially here with Mary and Martha, they were expecting an immediate response from Jesus when they reached out to him to say, Lord, the one you love is sick. But instead, Jesus tarried for a couple days and it took him several days to get there just with his journey. And so he did not answer their prayer as they expected. And so there's always that tension of faith and, you know, the enemy whispering doubts into our mind. Does the Lord even love you? Does he even care? He blesses everyone else. He healed everybody else. Why not Lazarus? Why not my family? And so this is important. And then, you know, you know, struggles are not just, you know, physical are not just sickness, but we're talking about financially. We're talking about mentally, emotionally. We're talking about just, 
you know, persecution as well. You know, we're talking about all different things that we could struggle with as believers. And so many people are going through it right now. They're going through the fire. But my desire is for you to come out like gold, strengthened in faith and sharing a testimony of the Lord on your lips that will bring other people into a place of faith so they could experience their miracle as well. And so I'm going to start again, and that's just a little bit of a recap for you guys who missed part one, but go ahead and listen to part one because it's important for you to really know where we're going here today. And so part two, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to open up John 11 again, okay? We're working our way through John 11, and this is verse 17. Again, I'm not reading every single verse, but I'm just pulling some truth out of here to encourage you guys and to challenge your faith. And so John 17, it says this, on his arrival, this is Jesus, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. So Mary and Martha both heard that Jesus was in town, and Mary decided to stay back, and Martha came out to meet Jesus when she heard he was coming. You know, Mary was hurt. She felt rejected. She felt like God wasn't there. She felt like Jesus didn't answer my prayer. And she was more of the emotional one. We see that Martha is very um, logical. We see that she is servant. You know, she's, she's more of a doer. Okay. She's, she's focused on, okay, if I want to show Jesus, I love him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to, I'm going to clean up. I'm going to cook him a meal. I'm going to put him in a comfortable chair, you know? And so, you know, Martha was more, she's more of a doer. She's more of a type A. She likes to get things done and she shows her love through works of obedience, which is great. You know, it's just a different kind of person. So she came out and she went to see Jesus, but Mary, she was always the emotional one. She was always the one at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words, loving him with everything. And so I believe that she was trapped in her emotions in this circumstance, hurt, possibly offended. You know, Jesus talks about in the gospels, blessed is he who's not offended at me. And so we know that this happens. And so Mary was hurt. She felt dejected, rejected. She felt like, Lord, where were you? You know, and so she didn't know why Jesus didn't show up after she requested him to, you know, she isolated herself from him. And we have two choices. And I spoke about this in previous podcasts, but I'm going to go over it again. Well, we have two choices in hardships and in struggles. We could either run from the Lord or we can run to the Lord. Okay. And this is very, very important. You know, there's times in my life where I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't realize I was harboring a little bit of offense or a little bit upset with God that circumstances didn't turn out the way I wanted them to or thought they would turn out. And the Lord's whispered to me a few times do you forgive me? And he said one time directly to my heart in a time of prayer and worship, you're mad at me. (laughs) He just called it out. And I felt it strongly in my heart. Like, do you forgive me? And it's not like the Lord did anything wrong that he needs to be forgiven. Okay. But the Lord is kind and the Lord is gentle. And he says to us, do you forgive me? Like you, you are upset with me. You are harboring unforgiveness here. And the Lord will ask these kinds of questions and pinpoint these things in our hearts so that we can open up to him and truly receive healing. That's what these questions are all about. He's drawing us out of, of, of the house like Mary. He's drawing us out of that place of isolation and, and pain and rejection and misunderstanding and disillusionment. He's drawing us out of the home to come meet him, okay? Out of the pain of our heart to come to him and to meet him. Okay, so that that's Mary. She stayed back and Martha, she decided to come out and have a conversation with Jesus. And so I'm going to verse 21 now. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. 
That's a legitimate question. They were honest with him. They felt comfortable enough to be raw and vulnerable with the Lord. Said, Lord, like, where were you? Like, I, I called out to you and you waited so long. And now look at the circumstance of my brother. If you would have been here, they that just that comment alone shows that they believe him and they know his mighty working power and they know in his supernatural abilities. They've seen him cleanse lepers, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, open up blind eyes, deaf ears. They've seen it all. They've followed him. They've walked with him. They've seen the Lord moved with compassion on people. And so, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Like, I truly believe in your power. I've seen it take place. Like, why weren't you here? Because if you were here, we'd be in a different circumstance. And so, you know, this this question surfaces in many of our hearts when we go through hardship. Like, how come, Lord? Like, where were you? Where were you? Like, I'm deeply hurt. I am deeply hurt in this circumstance. Where were you when my house is foreclosed on? Where were you when my teenager was struggling? Where were you when COVID hit my family members? Where were you when my small business had to close down? Where were you in all of this, you know, racism and everything that's taking place? Like, where were you? You know, and it's okay to ask these questions and it's okay to visit this place. The Lord did not condemn her. He did not rebuke her. He did not say, go back to your house and get your, get your mind in order. He did not confront her like that. He's a very merciful and tender God. He knows, he knows our human condition. Like I spoke about in a previous podcast, he is our sympathetic high priest. He knows what it feels like to be human, fully God, fully man, but he was fully man. He knows what it's like to experience all of our temptations yet come out the other side in faith and in victory. And so we just not condemn us. He does not condemn us. He knows what we're feeling and he can sympathize with us. And it's okay to question the Lord. It's okay to have these questions. He will not rebuke you, but you know, it's okay to visit this place. Okay. And have these questions, but it is not okay to set up a tent or to start building a home and to live there. Okay. We cannot live in that place. It is very um, detrimental for us to, 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 to abide in that place of questioning and doubt and unbelief and, and pain, internal pain. It's okay to visit this place and voice these things before the Lord, but we must come out the other side in faith. And it's also imperative that we don't blame God. He is not the author of sickness and pain and hardship. He is our redeemer. He is our healer. He is our helper, our ever-present help in time of need. He is our advocate. He is our rock. He is our fortress, our strong tower. This is our God. He is not the author of our circumstances, of our pain, of our of our of our sicknesses. He's not the author, but he is the healer. He is the solution. Not that he's not the problem. He is the solution. Okay. So we must not blame God. We must stand on his word. And it says in James chapter four, verse seven, that we must submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from us. When we make choices in life and hardship come, as well as there's demonic attacks upon the people of God, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his mission. And he is constantly seeking whom he may devour. He prowls around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. But we must take our stand in faith. When we when we fear and we live in fear, like it's like I said, it's okay to have moments of fear and moments of doubt if we eventually come to that place of faith. But if we posture ourselves in fear, we give the devil the upper hand and we allow him to wreak havoc in our lives. But if we posture ourselves in faith, faith will destroy his lies. Faith will destroy his weak hand from, from being dealt and from overcoming or from you know succeeding in these circumstances, okay? We must not blame God. We must blame Satan. Darkness is in this world and he's always trying to perpetuate pain and suffering in our lives. And we must stand on the word. The devil has been overcome. 
The Lord made a public spectacle out of him, it says in Colossians, triumphing over him and all of his minions. The Lord has victory, and we have victory in him. We are co-victorious with the Lord Jesus Christ, seated in the heavenly places. We are seated with the Lord, co-seated in heavenly places, above power, principality, might, dominion, every name that's named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. We must stand firm and speak the word of God, stand on the word of God, not blaming the Lord, but coming against the enemy, submitting ourselves humbly before God. Like, Lord, I can't do anything. I can't logically figure this out. I can't take care of this in my own power and abilities. Lord, I submit myself to you. I surrender myself to you. You are the healer. You are the author. You are the solution. You are everything. And resist the enemy and every lie he tries to bring your way to keep you in doubt and disillusionment and disappointment and pain. And the devil will flee. He cannot stand faith. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to move on to the next verse here, 23 and 24. But Jesus said to Mary, your brother will rise again. That is an absolute statement. I love that. Your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. And even though they die, and even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. See, Martha was trying to connect with the Lord on an intellectual, theological level. Jesus said, your brother will rise. And she's thinking, okay, how can I process this? He will rise. He's dead. He's been behind the tomb for four days. Doesn't really make sense. I know that he will rise again at the last resurrection, even though he's passed and he's not with us anymore. In the last day, he will rise again. I get it theologically. I understand. And Jesus kept trying to reel her in. Again, he did not rebuke her. He did not confront her. He was kind. He met her exactly where she was. He wanted to connect with his beloved Mary on a heart-to-heart level where true faith is born, but instead he met her on that theological, logical level. And then Mary, Martha, excuse me, Martha, she honestly came to a pretty good place. Like she didn't get it. She didn't keep arguing with him. She didn't keep trying to, you know, come up with more, you know, scriptures or something to combat him and say, oh yes, Lord, I believe, but X, Y, Z. She said, Okay, I believe that you're the Messiah. This is all I know right now, that you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah that's coming to the world. I trust you. I just, I, I believe, okay? You know, and so, but that's the difference between Martha and Mary. And, and we're going to see this here in the next verse. After she said this, she went back and she called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here and she said, and he is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and she went to him. Okay, this is this is important because Mary, she needed to hear that Jesus wanted to talk to her, that Jesus wanted to speak to her. Okay, Mary's trapped in her emotions. Martha is trapped in her mind. Martha's trapped in her mind, trying to make sense theologically of what's taking place. Mary's trapped in her emotions, angry, offended even, and she's back at the house just going over again, over again in her mind what took place. And Mary came back and said, the teacher is here and he is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, see how she responded. She got up quickly and she went to him. All Mary needed to hear to break out of her self-loathing and disillusionment was Jesus longs to see you. He is here and he wants to be blessed by your presence. He wants to speak with you. He has not left you. He's not forsaken you. He wants to be in your presence more than you want to be in his presence. 
And this is the bedrock revelation that honestly changed my life. I was constantly focusing on seeking God, chasing after him, hungering for him, which is great, okay? I'm not trying to diminish that, but a greater revelation, a higher and more excellent way is that he dreams about me. He is hungry for me. He longs for me. I am the passion of his life. I am his very pursuit. When you start to get that and you grasp that, everything changes. And Mary needed to know, I'm not just the one seeking Jesus. He doesn't care about me. He took his time. He came here way late and it's now it's too late. Now she hears, no, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. He's longing for you. He's looking for you. He wants to speak to you, Mary. And that's what propelled her to get up and to go to him. Very powerful stuff. And in verse 31, I'm going to end with this. When the Jews had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, They noticed how quickly she got up and went out and they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Why would they assume that? Why would they assume that Mary was going to, she got up so quickly that she was going to run to the tomb and mourn there? She didn't know, you know, they didn't know that she was running to Jesus, you know, because honestly, this is something the Lord highlighted to me and it was so powerful. They assumed that she was going to the tomb to mourn there because for the past four or five days, that's what she was doing. She was going to the tomb to mourn there, and she was revisiting that that pain. What painful experience are you continuing to revisit day after day in your mind that's causing you to suffer, what's causing misery to perpetuate in your life? What is your tomb today? What is your Lazarus? What are you going back to, meditating on, you know, revisiting day after day? This is painful. This is bad. God, why? Bah, 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 bah. Mary was going back to the tomb day in and day out to mourn there, to weep there. Are you mad at yourself? Are you mad at God? Are you mad at a family member, a brother, sister in Christ? Are, what is your struggle right now? It's important for us to renew our mind. It's okay to have fleeting thoughts of doubt and unbelief. It's okay again to visit that place. But what are you meditating on day and night? Is it the word of God? Is it the truth of his word? Is it that he's a healer? Is it that he is our victory? Is it that we are overcomers in Christ? Is it that he raises the dead? Is it that... There is miraculous wonder-working power in us through Christ. What are you meditating on? What is your belief? Are you, are, you, are you believing the report of the economy? Are you believing the report of politics? Are you believing the report of the doctor? Are you believing the report of the Lord? His hand is not too short that it can't save. And yes, it's easier to wallow. It's easier to, to dwell in that place of self-loathing and self-pity. It is easier to do that, and it's more painful. It's harder to build yourself up in faith and strengthen and, and put your faith to action, okay? To fight the good fight of faith, to put on the armor of God. It is harder. It is more difficult. But the results are supernatural and tremendous, And so I just want to end with this and say, no matter what you are going through today, no matter what is taking place, what are you thinking about? What are you meditating on? Get yourself in a place of faith, okay? And there's some of you that might be dealing with your pain and your struggles intellectually, theologically, trying to figure everything out. What can I do in my power and abilities? How could I understand this? Listen, stop. Just run to the Lord. Just get at his feet. Spend time in his presence. Break open the word of God and And you will be comforted because he's the God of all comfort, but he also is the God that downloads revelation into our hearts, okay? And no matter what happens, no matter how long things are taking place in your life, just know 
that he will never leave you nor forsake nor forsake you and he's a faithful god the beginning and the end the same yesterday today and forever and so bless you guys thank you so much for tuning in to awaken podcast today make sure to subscribe rate and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed and encouraged by the beautiful gospel of our lord jesus i'll speak to you guys next time on awaken podcast